All right. Welcome to another episode of the Journey Podcast because everyone has a story. We are what we need and we want to inspire and be inspired. All right. Y'all know the drill. We don't say names on the journey. We just get the journey, the story, so we can be inspired by other people's lives and the journey through life that we all take. So I got a guest here today. Of course, don't say your name. You can say where you're from, how old you are, any distinguishing things you want to tell about yourself that's not. uh, First things first, we got to cut off your phone, brother. (laughs) All right. Yeah, but go on ahead, brother. Introduce yourself to to the podcast journey listeners. From New Jersey, 45 years old, and I'm just here to tell about my journey. All right. Thank you for being here. First off, I just want to say anything that trigger you, anything that make you feel funny, you ain't got to say. But I'm trying to, I'm going to try to make this space as comfortable as possible so you can tell as much as you can the good, bad, and the ugly. Because the, the man, this dude's fun, man. He, he's an important person. We're going to get into that later. But we want to inspire people through your story. You know what I mean? Like I always tell my kids, I'm going to tell you everything I went through in life. So hopefully you can learn from those, those my mistakes and the goods and the bads and all that. So I'm hoping that's what this podcast is doing for the listeners out there. So first question, where did your journey start and where were you born? I was, again, like I said before, I was born in New Jersey. Um, my journey started... It pretty, pretty much started from day one. You know, I'm, I'm a child of a mother, a single mother of four. Mm-hmm. Um, she was one of one of my siblings was born with a dual handicap. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine, you know, our life was, we, we had to grow kind of quick. Right. My mom had to work and we had to take care of, of older brother. And so we, we did that. Mm-hmm. All right, that's good, man. That's heavy. So... If you don't mind answering, how was it taking care of an older brother, and how do you think that affected your life moving forward? Um, it, it instilled a sense of compassion early on mm-hmm. because you know you had to understand he was how he was, but he didn't he didn't ask for that. Right. You know, God just saw fit that my mother was strong enough. To handle and be, handle it, and to be an inspiration to others mm-hmm. through her journey, right? Because people saw that, and you know, in the seventies and eighties, medicine wasn't what it was now, what it is now, right? So then, she they was experimenting. She was learning as the doctors was learning, right? So, but God saw fit for her to handle it, and and she put the S on her, S on her chest and handled it like a superwoman. I, I tell her all the time, that's my that's my hero. Mm. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. So you talked about you had four siblings. How like so how do you feel like what was your relationship like with your siblings? Let's ask that question. Um Hmm. It's a good question. I I say it like this. My relationship with my siblings was the average brother sisters relationship right so it wasn't a lot of fighting and hate but we had our fights right right, had, right right we right. had times where we hated each other right but i think that any one of my siblings will give their last to me and i'll give my last to any one of my siblings right so overall it was a good experience sibling wise like you ain't you ain't got no you don't hate them they don't hate you no but, yeah, no mom, mom wasn't going for that Right, right. That's look, man. That's that's good parenting right there. All right. So you talked about your your family. You got a background on that. You said your mother's your superwoman. You want to expand on that a little bit? Um, what makes her superwoman in your eyes? Well, first is her, her the the we talked about earlier the sense of compassion that she instilled in me. She she. She still gives that to this day, right? Like even with you know with her grandchildren. I mean, she's just she just she has a heart of gold. Right, it's the only way to say it. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's my superwoman, and she's very intelligent. Um, on, on through my journey, you know, she's taught me things, and she's taught me things from not only from her son's standpoint, but from a woman's standpoint. 
because she's a woman. Right. So everything she told me when I was right or wrong, she would say, I got your back, but you're wrong. Right. Mom, mom was big on doing it. I got your back, but you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you got to respect that. Absolutely. And you, I think it helps you learn. Like you gonna learn, you gonna learn more stuff from that because you know, all right, I, I, I'm on my shit right now. I gotta, you, I gotta correct myself, but I know my mom got my back. So she, yeah. you never had to question if mom had your back. You always knew she had your back, but she'll tell you when you was fucking up. Yes, and that's that's all you can ask for as a. Uh, that's that's a great relationship. So. Her giving you that made you accountable for certain things. Yeah, and that's why people that I try to associate myself with to this day are people that will hold me accountable. I don't want a yes man. Right. Right. That make like look. I don't. It's it's not good for anybody. Yes yeah. man. They they poison. Yeah. And that's and, what, and the most important thing you don't learn anything. Nah, you can't grow. You can't grow with people around you. Just every everything can't be okay all the time. Yeah, you ain't always right. I, I could dig that. That's that's a great lesson mom gave you, man. That's beautiful. Shout out to your moms, whoever she is out there. All right, so let's move right along. How was? So you talked about your family. Pretty much gave a good description. Matter of fact, I, I missed one thing. What was your relationship with your father? I know you said you was raised by a single mom. You had four siblings. What's your relationship with your father? Um. Another thing my mother told me, if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say anything. So I'd rather not say anything. Okay, that's fair. All right, that's a, I think that, that answer answered the question without answering the question. That, that's a good, your mom told you, <laughs> that's, that's a, yeah, that's a mom lesson right there. All right, so how was your childhood? And with, with that being said, I just want to also point out something because this may or may not come up on this podcast and you knowing, knowing sort of my, my story and my journey. The one thing about my mother is that my mother never down taught my father. Mm-hmm. She let us see and learn for yourself and make your own decision. Right. And so when I made my decision, she was okay with everything I, I every decision I made when it comes to my relationship with my father. Because she said, you made a choice as a grown man. And that's all she ever wanted. Right. And that's that's a thing a lot of single mothers, I'm not going to say a lot, I'm not going to generalize, but that's a gift that your mother gave you being a single mother because a lot of people don't have that experience. Yeah. A lot of people don't get that same, look, you make your own choice. I'm not going to fill your head with anything. I want you to make your own choice. So that's a blessing that you got that. All right, so moving on. How was your childhood years? Like moving, like I, I prefer to say it, I was elementary, middle, and then high school. Give, give the experience on each one of those and things you may have learned, things you missed, and the overall experience, highs, lows, all that. Um, this could be forever, but let's just say. We got an hour play. Go ahead, <laughs> man. Talk it up. I, um, the one, I don't regret anything. Right. But the one thing I can say I wish I would have did more of was put more work into my athletics and even my education. Cause I was I was an intelligent child. I didn't have to work for a lot of things. So I would go like listen in class, don't study, go take a test and pass it. Right. But had I put effort in, I would have got a hundred. I would have right. got a ninety. Right. I would have got an A, I would have got a B. Um, I would ex- excel in college had I developed a work ethic in my elementary in elementary years. Right. And I didn't, so it kind of explains why I think I failed because I just didn't have a good work work ethic. Mm-hmm. So you ex- explain more on that. You said you think you failed. What, what do you mean by that? Well, I, I mean I didn't go to college. I got a high school. I went to college. I didn't graduate from college. Right. I got a high school education. Um, I'm not struggling. I'm, I'm not doing bad for myself. I'm doing okay for myself. But imagine what I could have done with an education, a, a, a better education. Imagine what I could have done when you go to college. The one thing you do is network and you build relationships. Imagine what I could have did had I built the relationships. Right. So in that aspect of it, I think I'm a fail. I would I failed. Right. But 
in in even in that. So you learn it lesson from it. You just didn't get it when you needed it. Well, you did well. You didn't get it at the time you got it, but you learned it now. So yeah, as a child you didn't feel like a failure, but as an adult looking back, you more like. I wish I'd have did that. Yes, exactly. Like I said, and it's not a regret. Right. It's like you just said, I wish I would have done that. Yeah, so if you could go back and change things, you would change that, but it's not necessarily a regret. Exactly. Okay, so that's elementary school years. How was it socially? Um, Man, and... You <laughs> <laughs> laughing before he even said it. I know, I can't because, wait to hear what you're going to say. In the 80s, man... Shit was hard. Bro. Yeah, it was different, bro. Shit was hard. Talk about it. Like I, like I, I, I even look at the kids now, and it's 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 hard now, but it's dumbed down. It's a different hard. Yeah, man. Like like now it's hard in in terms of violence and gangs and things like that. But back then it was just hard in terms of just fitting in. Right. Like and 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 trust me. If, if they found an imperfection about you, oh my God, they yeah. wrote it. You're never living it down. Oh, shoot. I still got nicknames that I hated as a kid. Right. That people, certain people still call me it now. They call me it in love now because we all understand that that wasn't what I was or who I was or anything that represented me as a kid. Right. But it was just one imperfection. And they just roll with it so long. One rough day. And yeah. <laughs> one bad, one bad day, day. Turned or, into. Or one thing that looked like something that it wasn't. Like, right. And I mean, it's nothing but like you can walk around, you can have some chocolate on your shirt. Look like a shit stain. Right. And <laughs> you were shitty, even shitty forever. Yeah, like, yeah, you never living like, it down. Kids, kids was rough, man. They was rough, man. But I, st- I wouldn't change it for the world, though. Like, like I mean... I used to work at a company, and one of my friends worked at the company as well. And me and him was talking about some of the things we did as a, as a child, and we and and some of them we thought was bad. Like, and they was like, it was people standing like, y'all had a fun childhood. I'm like, woman, if you knew that <laughs> shit was horrible. <laughs> like, it sounds fun now. Yeah, it sounds fun now. Yeah. We, we making a joke of it. But that shit was horrible at the time. Right, right. So, all right. So that's elementary school years. You, you, you got toughened up in elementary school. Mm-hmm. All right. So you went through like, and I think what you said was profound. I think the '80s, and we're not saying now that things are lighter, but the it's a lot more politically correct in schools now. Because before you could be a nickname, and even the teacher would call you the nickname. Yeah, <laughs> and everybody oh. laughed, and it was funny. And and, 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 and like, and I don't have a homosexuals. Yeah. Oh. If they, oh, if they thought you was gay. Yeah. Like, oh, oh man, man. never lived that it down. That was frowned upon. Like now, everything you watch has that on it. Right. And and they need to be included. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be inclusive, but I'm just saying, back then it was bad to be that. Right. Or you were criticized or ridiculed for being that. Right. And even it, if you even weren't, if, even if you wasn't, <laughs> right? If you had and, anything and, and, that they thought, yeah, and kids would ride you, man, ride you. It was, it was brutal. Okay, so what did you? Do you feel like what? Did, what did that create in you? Like, so maybe, so you you went through that in elementary school. What did that create for you moving into middle school? Um, I think you. you I think it should have taught me thick, gave me a thick skin. Right. But it, for me, personally, for me, it didn't. It gave me a sense of insecurity. Mm-hmm. Because I used to have to try to do things to buck certain things that they thought, that people thought of me. Because now, in, in, in elementary school, you're just going, you're going with, to school with kids in your general general area. Right. And in, in middle school, it kind of expands a little bit. Right. Now it's like other parts of the area of the same neighborhood, but other parts of that neighborhood coming together right. in a bigger school. So it, it, so now you're the people who called you that back then. You're trying to not let the new ones call you that. Right. So again, it gave you a sense of security because you're always trying to like, you know, do certain things to make sure they don't see this. Right. So if somebody calls you soft, 
in elementary school. You, you got to fight the you, first day of school. You walk to the first motherfucking pussy. Yeah. Knock the fuck out. Yeah, just, hey, what's wrong with you, man? Now, I ain't soft. Or, or, or for me, and, and it, I wasn't called soft, but when I wanted to fight, when I had to fight, I, it was that one person. You know, it's always that one person mm-hmm. that you always want to get at. Yeah. Yeah, I went at the hell. Uh huh. So you you waited and took that opportunity to knock his ass out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good move. Good move. <laughs> see, now see, we, this is the journey, and we talk about our journey through life. So right now, this is elementary school. So I I commend you because I came up in the same area as you, in the same in the same time frame as you. So I understand that you had to go out and say, look, man, I got to disprove. You you're not gonna call me soft. I'm gonna come over here and I'm gonna smack the mess out of you to prove to everybody. I don't want to be that name no more. But let's get to the deeper subject. You said it, it brought up, it, it, they say it gave you tough skin. A lot of people talk about it now, but it really gave you an insecurity. Mm-hmm. And I, man, I commit. So you clearly done some work in life because a lot of people don't recognize that. They think, oh, these kids soft. Kids ain't soft. They just can say how they feel. Mm-hmm. Before, back in our day, you couldn't, it wasn't the normal thing to say, that hurt my feelings, man. I'm going to the principal. There wasn't any anti-bullying anything in the no, 80s. No, Nothing. All the only thing they went against in the 80s was crack. Yeah, drugs. <laughs> say no to drugs. Say, say <laughs> crack no. is whack. Yeah. <laughs> like, all oh, that. The only thing they cared about... It's, the it's, bullying, it's, bullying was... Uh, they're just being kids. Right. No, bullying nah. is never being a kid. No, nah, Nobody man. should have to go through bullying. And I, I believe what you said is so profound because I think it, all the bullying created insecurities in everybody that went through it. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, you start to realize it more. And and the thing about insecurities is that people handle them different. Right. So for me, I just try to disprove the insecurities. Right. But what about the kid that lashed out because of his insecurity? Right. Now... He might have lashed out, got a charge, went to jail. That just changed the, the trajectory of his entire life. That's right. Or the kid that overcompensates for that insecurity. That's just, all right, well, y'all call me, y'all call me fat. I'm going to work out every day to be yeah. skinny. But then when you get skinny, you you a ho- you're an asshole. you just yeah, like, yeah, look at me. And you're not even happy. Right, right. Like, most important, like, you're not even happy. Like, the one thing about people that's fat, and accept their fatness, they're happy. They okay. They accepted their self. Yeah, exactly. It's, still, it's who I am. Like, And they're okay with life. And that's okay. You can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Just be happy. That's it. That's it. So, okay, that was that was elementary. Now let's get in the middle. So middle, we, we going, you, you coming in the middle school. You got some insecurities, but you out to disprove them. And where, if you can remember, where are you mentally? Like, where are you, do you have goals in life just yet? What's your main priority in middle school? Is it sports, girls, uh, being a good student? Like, where, where are you at mentally at that time? <laughs> my mental is never to be a good student. Uh, my mental is just to get through when it comes to being a student. Right. Just do what I got to do to get through. Yeah. But um, it, it, it was mostly sports. I think that's where I developed my love for basketball, and I started seeing some success in basketball and football. Um, so that that that's what dominated my middle school years, my my athletic career. Um, I started to get into girls more. That more happened in high school, but it started in in, in middle school. Right. Um, and I was just trying to just wanted to be a kid, man. And that's what I even try to tell my kids these days, my kids, and I mentor a few kids, and I try to tell them, just try, just be a kid as long as you could be, because when the bills start rolling in and responsibilities start hitting you, they ain't going nowhere. Nope. So enjoy the not having responsibilities and being a kid all you can now. I mean, dude, it's certain things you got to do. You got to, you know, you got to clean up at the same. You got to respect your parents. You got to. You know, you got to do certain things. You got to start to build a character, build who you starting, to, who you who you're going to be, and um, but just be a kid, man. Right. That's great information for all you kids out there, and even for parents out there. Yeah, Encourage your children to, to be, be kids, children, yeah. man. Encourage them to be kids and explore and do the thing. Like 
Oh, oh it is. It is a different time now. Too. It is. It is. And we, we we touched on that a little bit about you know gangs and things like that. So the this, the times is different. Back then, you know, we stayed outside. It was. You was out. You just went outside. Yeah. It was a thing. When I used to be on punishment, I used to sit in the window, man. Couldn't go was, outside and watch people outside playing, man. I wanted to be out there so bad. Oh man. I, I have. I you know. I had all the video when video games started coming out, I had the video games. Um, I had all that, but you wanted I to wanted go to be outside. outside, yeah, <laughs> bro. That's the, think about. So all you young people listening, the people our age in their forties. Like, that's what we came up with. It was literally a punishment to not go outside. Yeah. And now, it's, it's a, a punishment, punishment to, to go outside. Yeah. Like, to sit him outside. Yeah, it's a totally different world. I had a, I had a friend of mine. Um, She wanted to send her son to Jamaica. And then his dad also wanted to take him to Jamaica. Because they're partially Jamaican. Right. He didn't want to go. Why? He just didn't want to go. Wanted to go to, so he had the opportunity. How, how old was he? From the time they started talking about it, I was around for about. I mean, I'm still part of their life, but I was close to them from about ten till about eighteen, nineteen, and I, had, I heard them talk about it several times. I mean, didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. But he would never go outside. Like, that's the thing. It wasn't that he wanted to stay in, in the hood or stay around his friends. He wouldn't go outside either. So he didn't have, he had friends. He would talk to them on the phone. They would play the game. Right. But they wouldn't, they very rarely hung out. That's crazy. That's different. And that just a sign of the times that, you know, like the, the journeys we were on growing up is not the journeys our kids are on, or even any, most kids in this generation. It's just a totally different generation. So the things that we teach them has to be more character, moral based because mm-hmm. the life they experience is not the life we experience. Yeah. So we teach them, we try, we trying to teach them, like, this is what I did. That that might not necessarily work with this generation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a basketball coach and I got, I got seven kids. So I got, uh, Five, but I have five boys, five boys, two girls. Right. Now my oldest, my oldest two took into basketball. My third oldest boy took into basketball in his high school years. He didn't pick it up early. Mm-hmm. Now I and now mind you, I have all. I have one. I have one son that was really, really good. I had another son that was not as good as the oldest one, but he's seen success in basketball of his own. Right. And then I have the third one that just really just picked up and just played for fun. So I have different levels of bringing kids to a certain level of success athletically. Right. But my fourth oldest, he didn't pick up a bat. He didn't, he hasn't picked up a basketball at all. Wow. But that's it's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to tell y'all behind the scenes thing on the journey. I just farted and he's just looking at me like you. Fart- yeah, I fought it. So, all right, y'all. This is part of my life journey. It's part of your journey now. You know, we be doing the podcast and I fought it, man. So, I'm be glad y'all can't smell it, man. It's beautiful. Be re- really glad. <laughs> but, all right. Back to the journey. All right. So, you just touched on something big. We're going we gonna to put a plug in it. But you got seven kids. We're going to come back to that in your adult life. But right now, we at middle school you. Okay. So, middle school you. You're in the sports heavy. You're just starting to like girls. And for life, moving forward, you more like I don't really, you don't really know what you want to do. You think you want to do something with sports? Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> you got his, you got his face covered, y'all. I wish I could see a picture of this man. It's, it's, I'm sorry, man. I, man, I don't know what to tell you. I, man, <laughs> you just gotta thug it out. He coughing, ah, man. And come on, man. Toughen up, man. See, that's what it is. Toughen up, boy. Fuck up. <coughs> All right. So your middle school years was that. Now we getting into your high school years. Get into your high school years. What, what was going on in your mind during high school? What was... High school was freaking amazing, bro. Nice. That was the highlight of my life. Okay, so what what made it the highlight? It was just so, like, 
non-stop fun. And it was just good. It was really good. What I, what I would term good clean fun. Right. Like I played sports. I was in the girls. We partied every week. Right. Um, of course, we did, th- you know, we did things that teenagers do. We tried alcohol. Right. I never, I never was a drug guy, so we didn't do that. Right. But we was athletes, though, so it was like, we would just, you know, play a football game on Saturday, go to the party Saturday night, wake up on Sunday, talk about what we did Saturday night, go to school Monday through Friday, and dude, it was just, it was a nonstop, it was just so much fun, man. I don't know how to explain it. No, uh, you, you uh, explaining it well. Other than the fact that it was, uh, it was one part of my life I'd go back to and just live it on a loop, sort of like Groundhog Day the movie. Right. It would be my high school years. Right. Not the day. I need all four years. Right. Right. Because right. all four years was just was just amazing, man. Playing football for my high school was just amazing. Not playing basketball for my high school was amazing. Now let's give get some background on where where you live, what type of high school you attended, like you know where where, where did you live? Like not you don't have to say where, but what type of neighborhood was it? Was it the suburbs, city? Oh, it was like, the, it was a city. I lived in a hood. Okay, I lived in the belly of the beast, but it was it was a, it was fun. It still was fun. Right. Like, we, we had any dangers of any kid in the city. You know, you could, you, could, you could either go right or left. You had a choice, go right or left. And most of my friends, most of my friends went right. We right. went, went down the, the good path. Right. Some went left. We lost some all the way. Um, and I think that even then, and which why I also says amazing, like, in, 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 in deaths that we had, we learned something from it. Right. And which was important because, you, you, especially when you're young, you don't think you can learn. You just say, oh, you know, the selfish part of us say, oh, I wish I would have had this time to spend with them. But God was ready. And then that part of their life taught us something. Right. You know, if somebody, you know, I had a friend that committed suicide. He was going through some stuff. And it taught us to, to to reach out to people and to check up on your friends and make right. sure they're good. And right. when they say, and if you if you know a person well enough, when they say they're not good and you know they're not good, you know. So just stay on them, like keep. So it, it just taught us things. I, I learned a lot of lessons early because I wanted the lesson. Right. You was open to. It. Yeah. Right. So I thought about the fact that. Even though he he killed himself, what could I have done differently? Mm-hmm. What was the reason for him going for him doing it? So now I know what kids go through, what other kids go through, and then things that he went through, I went through too. Right. So now I got a different perspective. Like, okay, I didn't make that choice, mm-hmm. but this is where that can lead. Right. So it, it, it's it, a slip. You learned it's a slippery slope. Yeah. And again, you can go left or you can go right. Right. Right is the proverbial good path. Left is the bad. Left is death. Left is is jail. And I always, I tried to learn from other people's mistakes. Okay. That's that's fair. So high school was a great time in your life. You grew up in the hood and you had a great time with it. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. And see, what, uh, what uh, one question, what's, What's something about growing up in a so-called hood or the ghetto? Some people, whatever, whatever you want to call it. What's something a, miscon- a misconception that a lot of people have about it when they don't live there? But when you live there, you see things a little differently. Um, the misconception is that. Because hmm. I, I know. I, I know I have an experience, but this ain't about me. This is about you and your journey. And I know going out into the world. Well, like, people people think people think that drug dealers just offer you to sell drugs. Right. Or or people you walk down the street and people get randomly robbed a lot. Right. Now that stuff does happen. Right. But let's just say I've never had a drug dealer offer me to sell drugs. Right. Like, like on the after school special. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey you come here. You I know. got this stuff to sell you. 
You want to do it? You should get your money in your pocket, my man. Get some nice sneakers. Nah, that don't happen. Right. If people want to do that, they can do that. They can reach out to, they can get to people that, that'll give them avenues to sell drugs. Right. But they very rarely walk up and offer you anything. Right. If, if most likely if something's happening, you go look, you go, you you go in that direction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nine times out of 10. Right. And, and I've never experienced that one time. That said, somebody offered. No, I never experienced that. Mm, yeah, you said you lived in the belly of the beast. I lived, and I lived in the belly of the beast. They used to call. They they had a nickname for where I lived at. Gator Pit. Mm, well, that says it all. Gator Pit. <laughs> like, you, you, that's one place you don't want to be. <laughs> the Gator Pit. You know, if you out somewhere and you say, Nah, oh, this is the Gator Pit. Nah, you, you probably should go. That ain't somewhere you want to stay at. All right, so that was high school. Now you and you know we now we gonna skip we gonna put plug in that and I'm gonna ask this question when like so if you are do you feel like at some point in your life there was a path set for you and when did you know the path you were on because I'm me personally this is my belief not don't have to be true for everybody I feel like everybody has a path but you just don't know you want it until you know. And then at some point you're like, oh man, this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, it, when did that hit you, or did it hit you? Is that true for you? Like, what? When did you know the path you were on, and if if you were on the path? Okay, um, I gotta answer this two ways. Okay. <clears throat> I don't think I was. Take a second. No rush. It's the journey. I'll give a little segue for you. Take a second to think. Yo, while y'all listening to this, you can go on. You can donate to the page. You can get more interviews, more good stuff. So thank y'all for listening. And uh, you ready? All right. I, you, I, I don't think that the path was... <clears throat> I don't think I ever got on the path. Right. Okay. I think I know what the path is now. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I ever got on the path. And I think it's my, I think it's my fault I never got on the path. And that's because, and I think it goes back to me not being in the, um, so I didn't go to college. Mm -hmm. So networking to me is not one of my strong points. Right. Um, So I think I reached out to a few people a few times in the last, you know, two, two or three years. Um... And I just didn't. I just didn't get the feedback I wanted to. Right. So I, I'm start. I'm I'm trying to create my own path now. Right. And but I think I know what I want to do. I think I know what I what I'm good at. Right. I think I know where I'll be the most help society as a whole the most. Right. So that's what that's where my work is is currently going. Okay. So you didn't. So you in your 40s now. You probably found. The path you are on or the path you think you should be on in your 40s yes okay that's fair yeah because see i think that's something that is not really taught in schools because i mean it's it can be looked at as spiritual it can be mental it could it could be a lot of things but i think that's a key part of growing up and it's not put out there to to young people to say look where, where you going with your life Cause I know in art, well, my era, my experience was I didn't really get nobody saying, you know what, you should do this. I think I could see you doing this. The only thing I got was a preacher when I was like five years old. You're gonna be a preacher, like, hey, I don't know if that's just my family, <laughs> but they, you're gonna be a preacher. I, I don't know if I'm gonna be a preacher. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I strongly disagree. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not putting it. I'm not saying no. Yeah, I'm but just saying I don't think so. I don't see that happening. I don't even like going to church, man. But whatever. So. That was the only thing that got like put out to me. Like that's that's the path you could be on. Like that was the only thing that was presented to me, and I never got anything else that was presented to me. Like I think your skill set is pretty good in this. Maybe you should go into this. Yeah. Like a guidance counselor never told me that. Not one time. I didn't get you know the thing. I've done things in my life where I'm like, when I did it, I said, man, I don't know if I could do this. Then I did it. Oh, this is what I should be doing. But I, I was one, I, I was open. I was like, I don't care. I'll fail in front of everybody and it don't matter to me. But everybody not like that and I get it. But I think moving forward in life, I think we, every 
person listening to this podcast, you see a young person that has a skill or a talent, and you see something in them that could potentially lead them to greatness or something they should be in, tell them. Encourage them. Encourage them. Say, listen, man, I, I think you maybe could do this. And maybe they'll go on and do it. Maybe they won't. But that, that positive word will go a long way. Yeah, definitely. You know, you never know how much one, you should do this, or I think you're good at this, can affect the person. Absolutely. And I think we, like, I, we, we both been affected by that in different ways. I actually think I need to backtrack. Okay, go ahead, brother. Uh, you said in my third, in my forties, it actually happened before my forties. Okay. It's just that again, my uh, let's just say I'm gonna go back to say my insecurities mm-hmm. didn't allow me to to take full advantage of what I thought I should be doing. Then the opportunity that I had to do it. Right. I think had I been a little more aggressive. In, in attacking what I was doing at the time, uh, I would have been—I would have been hit my stride in where I want to be a little bit sooner. Right. I like that. Like, I, and I think that's not just you. I think that's anybody out there listening. Our insecurities play a major part in our life, and they're very important to tackle. That's why I think mental health is some like it, not mental health insecurities. Everybody's gonna have them. You don't have to have any mental health issues or anything everybody everyone has insecurities and things they're self-conscious about but that encouragement from people and that go ahead you want to say something i i, I hear you go no ahead. no um not that I, I, is it insecurities a part of your mental health though is it, it may not necessarily be a bad thing you know because we think some people when they think mental health they think uh need a psychiatrist or psychologist or crazy or you know no Everybody has some sort of mental health issue. It's just and, like physical. And yeah, like everybody, your ankle hurt. That's a physical issue. It's physical, yes. And and men, mentally, insecurity is like a sprained ankle. And there we thank you for clarity. See that, y'all. So that's a that's the way we all. That's the way the world should look at it, in my opinion. Like everybody has stuff, and it may not be a technical issue it may not be anxiety or depression or nothing like that it could be uh, insecurity is a mental health and, issue and, and, and insecurity could be you don't like your feet the way right. your feet look right you don't like the way your fingers look right something you born with that you have no power, no power over. over yep and somebody may when you were a kid somebody may have made fun of it and it stuck with you for life yep. like i had friends i ain't gonna say no names they called me fat ass, and I was like, damn, man. And I wasn't fat at the time, but they called me fat ass. Like, oh, man. And it was funny. I, I At the time, I didn't feel like I was offended. But years later, I was like, man, I think that, that affected me, man. But as as you grow, things become a little clear. Your clarity gets a little more open. Your mind's more open. So move carefully in the world and how you say things to people because it may affect them in a negative way without you planning on it being negative. I, I have a thing in my house that I do with my kids. When I first walk, when we first walk in the house, you can't say nothing negative about anyone. Right. I love that. And then before you say, before you crack a joke, even if it's a joke, before you crack a joke, you have to, you have to tell them something positive. Say, even if it's just, I love you. Or can I get something for you? I love you. Your breath stink. <laughs> there you go. I like but, but, but I love you. Yeah, that's right. And and, and my love ain't gonna change. It's like your stink ass breath ain't gonna change. <laughs> I mean, your that breath could change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but not after I. Yeah. Not when I said no, it. No, not at that moment. Yeah, I got you. So yeah, but you gotta say something negative. I mean, you gotta say something positive to somebody always. And I mean, my I my. What I want to accomplish is I don't want you. I don't want them to say anything negative about anybody. Right. Just bring positivity. Bring positivity. When I ask my daughters to do something, can you do this for me, honey? Can right. you do this for you, my for my love? Right. You look nice, princess. Right. I give them positive reinforcement with everything I say. Right. And I know the world isn't going to be that, but guess what? You're always going to be my present, my princess. That's right. Always going to be my love. That's right. So. You're that, giving that that good positive vibe, man, yeah, and yeah. that's and you've learned that through your life's journey. Yeah, you've learned like you make sure you do that because something happened in your life where you maybe mm-hmm. you missed out on somebody doing that for you. Yeah. Not saying no no fault to and, nobody. And, and I, not saying I missed out on it. It's that I might have appreciated it had it got done. Let's say that, but it it wasn't that I missed out on it because 
You know, my mom told me she loved me. She told me she loved me today, to this day. She sent me a text message, how you doing, son? Nothing, mom, blah, 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 blah. Okay, talk to you later, I love you. Right. So that's, that's what I say to my kids, I love you. Every, we hanging up, I love you, talk to you later. We don't say goodbye, we say I'll talk to you later. That's right. And I love you. That's right. That's a beautiful thing, man. And I think more more men especially need to do that. More more people, not even men, just people in general, anybody. Everybody needs to hear that. Um, next question. Who in your life has had the biggest influence? Like, it could be oh, anybody. I like, can't I can't name one. That's that's been the I have this is the I, third I, podcast and each person have literally said the same thing. I, well I two to three, I should say. I can't I can't name one. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 longest influence I would say has been my mother. But biggest I can't say one. Cause it's there's things that my mom can't teach me because number one, my mom not a man. Right. So there's certain things that I had to learn from men that still cast out carry to this day. Um, it's things I learned from from friends that right. still carry to this day, and they all molded me. Right. And, 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 and I'm I'm not I'm not through yet, so it's still molding. Me. Right. And, and you may still not know the person that's your biggest influence because it may be that, something that comes along and uh, yep, switch changes and, your whole life. One and, person. And, and, I'll, and, and and I won't know it until it happens. Mm-hmm. So, Good answer. I, I definitely can't name one. I I just I just say I'm I'm lucky. I've had a lot of great people right. in my life. Mm-hmm. And that, that have helped you become the man you are today. Yep. Absolutely. That's beautiful. All right, next question. What has been your biggest obstacle in life so far? Uh, <clears throat> my, my battle with depression. Mm. Yep. Okay, so you want to delve a little deeper into that? Um, well, tell really, you know what? I'll reframe that question. What is it like to live with depression? Because I know I'm not somebody that's ever been through that, and I'm very empathetic to it. And I know I'm. I've, I know now what it feels like because I've asked these questions. But I, it, I think it'd be a it's a great space for you to. Lay it out there, like what is your what is your experience been with depression, and how did you know it was depression, and how Bro. like all the whole the whole story, if you don't mind, <clears throat> if you're okay with that. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It's it's like think about this. It's like walking down the street, and you're walking in a hundred degree weather, mm-hmm. and you're so hot, you're burning up, you're sweating. Damn, I just want some. I just want. I want it to be cold. Or I want it to be cool. And then you walk into a blizzard. You can go just like that from one high to one low, mm. just like that. And you think you think you want that cold? You like I just want it to be you cold. You think you want it until you get this shit. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's that's heavy. So it's like I I never have a day. I ain't gonna say I never. Have I very rarely have a day where I get whatever your peak, whatever your peaceful weather is. So my my a great a great day will be for me will be seventy eight to eighty two degrees and sunny. Right. Those days are few and far between. So that's what it's like in depression. Yeah. You looking for that seventy eight to eighty two degree weather day and and almost, sunny out. Almost never get it. Yeah. And when you do get it. How does it feel? Do you, do you actually feel it and see it? You just know you can't appreciate it because you know that that rainy day is coming. Mm. Or, that, or, if, or like I said before, that blizzard is coming. Right. So you don't even appreciate it. By the time you get to say, damn, I had a good day today, you're dealing with some something right. that brings you back down. Right. So it's, and, and it's, it's something that I've, again, I've been fortunate to not ever be in a situation where, like we talked before, because my I talked earlier about my friend who killed himself. He was depressed. Found out later, years later, he was depressed, and some things that he wrote and put out and put out in the in the air that he was going through, but he just put out to the wrong people. 
Right. So I've been fortunate, fortunate enough to have good people who try to keep me in a in a good space. So even when I'm feeling down, I can go and talk to that person or them people, and then they'll they'll try they'll talk me at least back to a good space. And a lot of times, just talking about it is some whatever you're going through or whatever you're depressed about or whatever you're feeling. Because a lot of times, it's not a situation that you're depressed about. It's just it's just depressed. You just wake up you and just you don't wake feel... up. You don't feel like doing shit. Right. You don't want to go nowhere. You don't want to do nothing. You don't want to work. You know, and me, I love to work. I, I love to be around people. Again, that's being around people is my 78 to 82 degree weather. Right. But on them days, you just don't want to do it. You can watch TV and something on, something on TV just make you just cry. And you're like, what am I crying for? Like, it's TV. Right. Sometimes it's not even real. Right. But it just, it just, it just, like, it's, it's rough. Depression is rough. Mm, thank you for sharing, bro. So, what, like, I'm not going to say what did you do to get over it, because that's usually the how I frame this question, but I'm more like, how do you live with it and still live a life you want to live? You, you, you got to find your why. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I, that's what I, how I like to say it. I found my why. Mm-hmm. I have seven kids. That's my why. Mm-hmm. And, and your why can't be you. Like, it has to be bigger than you. That's Your why has to be something that when, when you can't do whatever it is you want to do, you got to say, I got to get up. Why? Because this person is dependent on me. This person is dependent on me. That person is dependent on me. And if I don't get up now, they can't have their... Their 78 degree day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Their 78 degree day. Right. Yeah. That was really, really good you said that. That's heavy. Like, that's, like, and I think, I think it's powerful that we're talking about this because I'm, well, I don't know if we said it during this podcast, but you're a black man. And, you know, depression in black men is not really talked about. It's Mm -hmm. not really something that's embraced. It's just kind of, you know... It's kind of like the the gay guy back in the 80s. It is. It wasn't embraced. People didn't talk about it. They make jokes about it. Right. It's nothing funny. Right. That's right. And this is like... That's what... Man, I'm glad you shared that. And I hope anybody that's listening to this can understand that. Like... Because I know for me, there was a time in my life where I was... I'm, I'm... I don't know if y'all know. I'm a positive dude. I'm pretty much all the way positive. Always trying to see the glass half full. And... You know, you tell one of the most hurtful and painful things you could do to a person that has depression from what I've heard from people that have depression is tell them to pick. Yeah, it's going to be all right. Like, you know, just trying to pick them up with with generic phrases. Yeah. Like, but you I mean, they heartfelt, but it's generic to them. Like, yeah, just just, you know, we'll go do something you like. It's not that simple. Exactly. It's not that easy. And and because because that was the case. We'll fucking do yeah, it. It will be done. <laughs> yeah. It will be done. Just find something you like. Go do something you like. Yeah, I, a lot of times, it's just... It, it, the, 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 the most profound thing I can say about the present is that you can't really explain it. Mm. You can't explain it. Like, I, I, you could say go do something to have fun, but you can't. Why? I don't know why. Right. That's just it. That's what makes it so hard. Mm-hmm. Cause you can't explain it, mm-hmm. and that's hard to and accept. It's, it's not always. It's not always again situations. Mm-hmm. It's just you wake up Monday morning and you just be like, I mean, and, and it's time. You, sometimes you think honestly, bro. You say, I don't even want to be here no more. Right. I'll be better off dead. Right. That's that's one of the things. That's like one one of the biggest things you battle with. Like just some sometimes just a sense of not being enough, right? And I like I feel like we all feel that sometimes, but maybe not in the extreme way you do if you're depressed. Cause I'm like I know there's times like even with this podcast, when I've been wanting to do this for years, it was the idea I had. Oh, I think that'd be good. I think everybody can learn from other people's stories. 
And I think, you know, like, that's why there's no names on this. Because so one week, you may hear a celebrity on here. But you're not going to know. Like, I'm not going to say we got such and such on here. Because I want them to just be open <coughs> and in the space. Because, you know, we say your name and where you're from and all that. You may not even get this deep. But I think if this getting this deep is going to help somebody that may be going through it. And say, man, damn, that's exactly what I feel. And didn't even know they dealing with depression. You know, like, yeah. I, I met, as since we're talking about that, when did you realize... You had depression. Uh, probably about 26, 27 was when I realized when I I think I realized what it was. Mm-hmm. 26, 27. Before before getting I, I, I said before I grew up at a time where <clears throat> everything was was a joke. So you know when I when I would cry when I was young over things that people thought was stupid. They would joke about it, and I would joke with them because I thought it was stupid too. Yeah, but you, that was just because of, of my environment, right? But now, once you you get older and you start to read and you start to um, be exposed to different to, to things different things, and areas, yeah, 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 yep. Then you realize that yeah, this this probably what it is probably a little deeper than what I always thought it was, right? So, have you ever been diagnosed? You ever go to the, to talk to somebody? Um, I have. Um, I've been diagnosed, but at the time I, I was diagnosed, I was going through a situation. So again, I thought it was a situation. Right. I wasn't. I wasn't in tune enough with it to think this is a real thing. Right. Right. I thought it was just a situation. Absolutely, like that's that's heavy, bro. And I think I'm I'm hoping the listeners out there, y'all getting a chance to. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody that's listening to it right now that's dealing with depression. And if you are, this is this is your time and space to say, oh man, like maybe if you wasn't diagnosed, you hearing his story, maybe you, man, man this that's maybe that's what it is. And that's for for me. And you, I feel like that's empowering for you. Because you may be helping somebody out there right now that don't even realize they depressed. That you you may be stopping somebody from they might be on the ledge and they're like, nope, nah, oh, that's what it is. Maybe I should look into trying to get some help. And when when did so when you got diagnosed, did you actually go looking for help? Or was it a crisis situation? Or yeah, was it something that you it was, said? It was a crisis situation. Okay. A crisis. So you did so you didn't really you kind of was forced into it. You yeah. didn't you wasn't like, let me go get some help. Yeah. You was forced into it. I think now it's like I'm looking for this help, but it's so expensive, man. Yeah, like it's it's a shame. I it's not it, like it's, a, it's, it's it's just like eating good. Yeah. Like eating good is so expensive. Like it's easier for me to just go to McDonald's. It is. <laughs> Fast food. Yeah, than it, it is to me go to one of these health stores right. and purchase all the good stuff because you 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 eat it. Don't fill you up, and then you gotta buy more. Right. So it's just so expensive. And and, then and, and you you would think I would think if, if if I was president of the United States, that's the one thing I would I would focus on is mental health. Right. Because that that affects everybody. everybody. That's across racial class. Yep. All lines. Everybody's going through something. Wealth. Yep. Wealth. Actually, right. probably some of the most depressed people. Are the wealthy ones? Only thing about it, they they can mask it with going taking expensive trips and doing exotic things, but somebody like me and us, we can't do that. Right. So we just gotta we just gotta face it face it head on. Right. Right. And you you can't run from it. No. You gotta deal with it, face it head on, and do the best you can do to get through it, which is a battle. Yeah. And then accepting acceptance is hard too. From, from my experience. Not through my own personal experience, but hearing from other people's man, accepting that you're depressed is not an easy thing. No, not at all. Because people don't. It's not. You know, you can't <coughs> go like like you. What we was talking about earlier. You physically something wrong with you? He goes, yeah, nah, man. I, I gotta get in that. Uh, uh, my appendix gotta come out, man. Yeah, my stomach messed I up. I gotta get an MRI. Like, yeah, like that's that's normal stuff. Yeah. Like there ain't no urgent care for mental health. No. Like, are you physically hurt? It, it, you go it, 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 it is. It is. The crisis center. Well, yeah, that, that, but, but that's a little but, different. But they, they, they want to put you in a padded room. Yeah, yeah. I don't, need, I don't need a padded room. Right. Not everybody. Not Well, not everybody needs a padded room. 
right right all right man so i got one more question we got about five minutes left and again thank you for sharing last question is what do you think your biggest turning point is in your life up to this point the birth of my first son right the reason why because i learned then that it wasn't about me anymore Mm. i had someone else looking to me for guidance someone else looking for me looking to me for knowledge advice so everything i do now affects him and in turn because I had six more after him. Well, yeah, that's it, it, it affected all of them. But I say him, him first, because he, be, him was the turning point because he was first. Right? Yeah, like he's the first one, the yeah. first time you experienced that. He's the first. Yeah, that's real, and that's that's a powerful. I, I believe, I honestly believe that's the same for me. My, when, well, actually, I won't even say when he was born. I say when my my son, my wife was pregnant with my son. That was the turning point where I said, all right, dude, you got to do something a little different. Yeah, for, yeah I, the reason why I said was born because when they're born, that's the first time you lay eyes on them. Right. And, you know, you. I went to ultrasound, so I heard all the heartbeat and all that. But just to touching, just to hugging, just to kissing was, it was like, nah. What you did last week ain't going to work. This week. That's right. That's right. Did you, so, did you cry when you when you seen you laid uh, eyes on your firstborn? Um, did I cry? I don't remember. That's a good question. Like, I, look, I only, I only reason I, I asked I know, that. I know for I know for one, I know because my this is what I do remember. Funny story about that. So, um, I was watching something on television. And uh, they was talking about being should you be south of the equator or north of the equator. So again, me being growing up in the, uh, in the in the times I grew up in, I'm not being south of the equator. I'm not being south of the equator. Yeah. So when the when she was pushing out the when she was pushing out my son, I was north of the equator, and I'm but I'm looking like my eyes wide open, my mouth wide open, and my mom who's who was in the room with us. Says Derek, grab her hand, grab her hand, or something. And yeah. so I'm like, oh, so I grabbed her hand, yeah. And I was holding her hand, I started rubbing her hand, uh-huh. but I, I didn't know what to do. I was so out yeah, of my element, bro. I, I, I was so in shock, right? She was, she was like, grab his hand, grab her hand. I grabbed her hand, and then the first thing she said when she seen my baby because they take the baby out. And they put him on her chest. That's the first thing they do. She said, "He got a head like his daddy." Yeah. <laughs> and she and she started crying. Yeah. So I do know she cried. Right. But uh, it was it was a blur. Yeah. It was, I, I don't remember if I cried. Or not. All right. So we at the two minute mark. Two minutes left. As on every show, you get to name your own show, brother. This is your episode. You get to name it. I'm going to give you, you got four words to name your episode. So now the time is ticking. You got like a minute and 35 seconds. But I say you get it in in the next 40 if possible. I would say this is my journey. This is no, my journey. There's no other way to put it. This is my journey. That's, I had to count that out with my fingers, y'all. Don't, <laughs> don't disrespect me, man. That's hot. But this is my journey. That's right. He went to a, a good public school. Ah, here we go with that, man. Get out of here. But, yo, bro, I can't thank you enough for coming on, being so vulnerable, man, talking about things. And I know there's people out there that's going to hear this that you've inspired by your story. Like, just keep on pressing on. Keep on loving. Any 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 last words you got? We got a minute left. Any last words you got for the people out there that you want to leave them with? Um, I know uh, we said earlier about... Um, not saying cliche things, mm-hmm. but it's one thing I do live, I do stand by to this day, and that's love on those who love on you. That's right. That's the way you. That's the way I try to get through my uh, my lows. Right. I love on those who love on me. For me, it's my kids. Mm-hmm. I love. I love on them. 
So they, I call them, I talk to them, we, we laugh, we joke, and that's how I kind of get out of any time I'm in a rut. I, I love on those who love on me. So love on those who love on you. All right, y'all, this has been The Journey. Y'all know what it is. Everyone has a story. We are what we need. Inspire and be inspired. The Journey. We'll catch y'all next week, man. Peace.